welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce well. Now, I am super, super excited with today's guest, who is Jesse Rag from eChameleon. But before I get into my conversation with Jesse, one of the things that I'm starting to do is give a shout out to past guests and episodes, just so you, dear listener, know what we've talked about in the past, because we are getting a lot of new subscribers to the show at the moment. Uh, and given that we are talking about should you sell on multiple online marketplaces, it's a bit of a mouthful title, isn't it? <laughs> Today, I thought it would be great to mention Lauren Gonzalez, who did a great conversation uh, with us on how to leave Amazon and how to set up your own website and brand. That was an awesome episode. I still remember that. Definitely check out my conversation with Lauren. Uh, and the other podcast you want to check out with is with my fellow Brit, Mike Jones, uh, who talked to us about how to marry your business to, to a strategy and the money will follow. That was a great conversation, uh, Mike being ex-Special Forces. So uh, do check it out. Now, this episode is brought to you by the e-commerce cohort, which helps you deliver e-commerce wow to your customers. What's the cohort, I hear you say? Well, it's a brand new thing. Now, I'm sure you've come across a bunch of folks stuck with their e-commerce businesses. Maybe it's yourself, or maybe uh, you've got siloed like I did into working on just one or two areas of your e-commerce business and miss the big picture. Well, enter the e-commerce cohort to solve this particular problem. Oh yes, uh, the cohort is a lightweight membership group with guided monthly sprints that cycle through all the key areas of e-commerce. The sole purpose of the e-commerce cohort is to provide you with clear, actionable jobs to be done so you'll know what to work on and get the support you have to, well, you need to get it done. I've no idea what I was going to say there, but to get the support you need to get it done. So whether you are just starting out in e-commerce or if, like me, you've been around for a while, a well-established e-commerce, uh, as, as I like to call them, e-commerces, uh, then check it out. I definitely want to encourage you to check it out. Just head over to the website www.ecommercecohort.com for more information. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, it's gearing up for its founding member launch. So if you've got any questions uh, that the website doesn't answer, well, just email me directly at matt at ecommercepodcast.net. Would love to hear from you. Uh, it's something that we're super proud of here. So yes, definitely check that out. Now, Jesse is the co-founder and managing director of eChameleon. He helps online retailers and D2C brands navigate the e-commerce jungle. I love that phrase, navigate the e-commerce jungle. Now, with a particular focus on marketplaces and international expansion, Jesse helps online sellers to determine which marketplace in which country uh, offers the best opportunities for them into expansion. So if you've ever thought about selling uh, abroad uh, in a country which is not native to you, check them out. They're great guys. Uh, with the help of their very clever eChameleon software and team, Jesse uses his expertise to help implement scalable marketplace expansion plans for experienced and not novice sellers alike. Jess's mission is to make it as easy as possible for online sellers to expand their business into new markets because when business grows, 
everyone benefits. Yes, it does. Which is why we're going to have a fantastic conversation uh, on how to get your e-commerce business into multiple uh, marketplaces, into multiple countries. Some of the tips and tricks Jesse has learned. You're not going to want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, Jesse, thank you for joining me on this week's e-commerce podcast. Uh, whereabouts in the world are you, sir? Thanks for having me. Uh, I am in Leipzig in the old east of Germany. In Leipzig. You don't sound like you're from Leipzig, though. No, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm English. I've come by way of Australia. So <laughs> you have to forgive me if I still speak with a little bit of a twang every now and then. Okay. Uh, I was there for five years, but I'm originally from, from Wiltshire. So Wiltshire, Australia, Leipzig. Yes. That's uh that's a heck of a, a journey to get to uh, East Germany or the old East Germany. Uh, are you enjoying it over there? Yeah, so far. I've been here just coming up on seven years. Okay. So it's, um, it's a beautiful city. It's, mm. It's a little bit like what Berlin was in the 90s. Okay. You've got a, a really nice sort of arts and music scene, great nightlife when, well, pre-COVID, great nightlife, um, and uh, a beautiful inner city, but it's it's also one of Germany's greenest cities, so there's lots of parks and lots of uh, nature around. And, yeah, it's also a really cool, a really cool uh, tech scene here, lots of um, startups, so it's a nice place to be. Very good. Very good. And I, I'm assuming... Uh, if you've been there seven years, your German is pretty pretty reasonable. It's a lot better now than it was when I landed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I still had my GCSE German. I could count to 20 and I could tell people I had a cat. I've never owned a cat, but I could say I had a cat. Um, That's really funny. I can still yeah, tell people now, I'm 13. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is the last time I studied German. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, GCSE German doesn't get you far in Germany. No, no, at no. At least from my experience. No, that was my experience. It, it, I, I remember I used to work a lot actually with a German company a few years ago, and we'd go to Germany on a regular basis, and um, and I loved it. Loved the people, and fortunately, they for me they spoke fairly good English because my German sort of extended to being able to order a beer. Uh, That's all you need. And get directions. And as long as those directions was go straight down this road and take the first left, I was okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's generally how it worked. So what do you do in, in Leipzig? What's your day-to-day? -day? Uh, so I, I'm co-founder and managing director at Ecomelion. Um, so I take care of most of the commercial side of the business. So sales, marketing, um, partnerships, dealing with investors. My business partner, Edward, is the genius behind the show. Um, his PhD is in something to do with data science. And uh, he's, he's been applying that specifically to marketplaces since 2007. So he's he's the, the technical genius behind it. And he mm -hmm. heads up the product development and making sure that we've got a good product on the market. And I'm responsible for making sure that we've got people to find and use it. Wow. Well, wow. and so um, so e chameleon was born, uh, and um, just a, a quick elevator pitch. Just tell people what uh, e chameleon does. We are we we try to be a complete solution for product data for online sales channels. Our specific focus is marketplaces because they tend to be the most complex part when it comes to product data. Um, and what I mean by that is things like titles, bullet points, descriptions, um, attribute values like color, size, material. When you when you have a product that you're trying to sell online, obviously you have to provide a lot of information about it. And the channel where you're trying to sell it 
specifically marketplaces, but every channel has its own requirements about how you can do that. How long is a title allowed to be? You know, do you, are you allowed to call the product dark blue or is it royal blue or navy blue or marine blue? And then obviously different languages come into play. And so um, when you start dealing with a lot of products and sometimes across a lot of categories and you want to then sell those on a lot of marketplaces in a lot of countries, it becomes very hard to stay on top of all yeah, of that yeah. work. Uh, and, and so eChameleon reduces that workload. We, we automate a lot. We, we automate the things which can be automated mm -hmm. without sacrificing the data quality. Uh, and then we try and make it easy to understand how to create data for a specific channel without the user having to understand specifically how that channel works. Okay. So, and this is what we're going to get into now is like, um, should we sell on, uh, online in multiple uh, marketplaces through multiple channels uh, and i'm thinking you know we have a wide range of listeners on the show we have guys just starting out in e-commerce and if that's you uh, awesome welcome to the welcome to the team uh or welcome to the family should i say and we have people that maybe have been around a while and, and maybe do do um some sales through different channels maybe mm -hmm. they use software like channel advisor or they've come across things like this in the past um so let's start with the, the sort of the basics um, and let's get fundamental. If I am, if I'm thinking about this, what, what do you mean when we talk about different marketplaces? What, what, what is that? Marketplaces, the word marketplace is these days quite often used synonymously with Amazon. Mm. And it, especially for most e-commerce retailers, have a very technical, have a very easy technical solution for selling on Amazon. Whether it's Magento, Bright Pearl, Big Commerce, Shopify, pretty much every website or every uh, website provider or platform, however you want to call it, has a technical connection to allow a seller to advertise their products on Amazon. Mm. Um, that technical connection is only one part of the puzzle because, a, let's say, you've got a title on your website which is two hundred and fifty characters long, but for a specific category on Amazon, you're only allowed 150 ca characters. You then have to decide, okay, do I let this technical connection chop the end of my title or do I now write a specific title for Amazon? Mm. And now I have two titles in my system. So, the second one um, Amazon. so a marketplace then uh, is where I'm currently selling. So if I'm selling with my Shopify site somewhere I'm, I'm selling into, let's just call it the web. Um, yeah. And then I have the option to also sell the same products on Amazon, which would be a different marketplace or a different channel. Correct. Uh, yeah. I, go on. I, I think uh, the, the way that I try to sort of differentiate it is I would say that sellers are typically familiar with platforms. Mm -hmm. Like I listed a few just before on a platform, the seller themselves is responsible for generating traffic on a marketplace. The, I, I would differentiate, I would define a marketplace as the channel, which it is the channel which is responsible for, responsible for generating the traffic and the seller only has to advertise their products. Right, I'm with you. So Amazon has a captured market already. That's why you want to sell on Amazon. You know, they've yeah. already got a whole bunch of people going to their platform. So you don't have to deal with Amazon to, to get them to sell your product over your competitors kind of thing. What you have to do is differentiate yourself. From yeah, the yeah. So that's the channel. Um, so that's how you differentiate that. And I like that. And that's how you differentiate platforms. So on that platform, on your Shopify platform, you have to go generate the traffic. On Amazon, you don't. You have to figure out how to get at the top of the queue on Amazon. Um, yeah. So what are the... Um, I guess one of the questions is, how do marketplaces then create 
value for e-commerce businesses. So I, I get that there are these different marketplaces out there. Um, how does that create value for me, especially if I'm listening to you talk about all the different marketplaces going to have all kinds of different rules and sets and things that I need to think about? I think one of the biggest one of the biggest ways that it's going to create value is exactly what we just talked about with the captured market. Every every marketplace will generally already have an audience. Um, the idea there is to go where your buyers are already shopping. Now, if if a buyer is already aware of your brand or your or your business, of course they're probably already coming to your website. However, they've discovered it, whether they know it from a brick and mortar store and then they go to your online shop or whether they've seen it on a Facebook ad or, or wherever else, they already know your business. You've got those, you've got those customers, they're yours. You can put them into uh, marketing sequences and, and, and keep them as yours. Marketplaces let you find new buyers where they're already shopping. Mm. Now, um, Amazon, love it or hate it, um, has a, a very large market share. There's a number of buyers that will exclusively buy on Amazon because they pay for a Prime membership or they expect to get the, you know, they're, they're just familiar with it. It's, mm. it's a very easy customer experience. There are other buyers who, either because they're, they're anti-Amazon or, or perhaps because they are simply looking for more niche products, they will go to other marketplaces, whether it's, it's Etsy for sort of more homemade products or maybe they're going to uh, Mano Mano for DIY products or... Uh, maybe Limango, which is a German marketplace specifically catered for for like young, their target market is like young mothers. So there's lots of homeware products and baby products and things. Um, and so if you're if you're looking for a particular product, a lot of buyers will go specifically to a certain channel mm -hmm. to, to to shop around rather than going to a brand, especially if they haven't yet discovered your brand. Now, when that buyer finds your product on a marketplace. In an ideal world, they'll be so happy with it that the next time they want to buy your product, they'll then go directly to your website. And that's when you can then capture that buyer, you get their email address, you're allowed to keep their data, and then you can carry on staying in touch with them. And that's actually a, a fair point, because that's probably, I mean, I get the advantage or the value um, uh, for an e-commerce business of trading on platforms like Etsy and Amazon and so on and so forth, if that's the right marketplace fit for your, uh, what you're doing, which we're going to get into. But I, I guess one of the disadvantages is, um, certainly with Amazon, it's their customer. It's there. They keep the email address. You don't. You don't get that information, right? Is that is that true of most marketplaces? And is that perhaps the key disadvantage of trading on different marketplaces? Mm, Amazon. Amazon are extremely protective of their customers. Not every marketplace is the same. There, there, there's two sides to this coin because there's the legal side. Mm. For example, if you're selling, if you're fulfilling to a consumer, to an Amazon customer yourself, you do get their name, their address, their email address, or, or an email address at which to reach, at which to contact them, you're supposed to delete it after a certain amount of time because of GDPR. Mm -hmm. um, other marketplaces are less fussy about it. Amazon, for example, don't allow you to put things in the box that would, uh, would attempt to get the buyer to go to your website. And Amazon control that. They, they will order items from you and have people check what's in the box. Um, other marketplaces don't do that as much. Now, the, this is one of the great things about non-Amazon marketplaces is they know they're not Amazon mm. and they do a lot to make it easy for sellers to sell on their platform. And they, generally speaking, most non-Amazon marketplaces see it as more of a partnership. They are more catered towards the seller than to the buyer. Mm. Now, you can obviously debate a lot about whether or not that's the right way to go because one of the things that makes Amazon great or what makes Amazon successful, I should say, is their focus on the buyer. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you know, we've all seen Jeff Bezos's flywheel, um, but non-Amazon marketplaces that focus on the seller make it very easy for the seller to sell there because they know that this seller won't generate the same amount of revenue as they do on Amazon. So what they need to do is they may need to make it easy for them to generate any revenue there so that they continue to sell there mm -hmm. because without the products, they won't then get the buyers, which attracts more sellers. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So there are marketplaces out there that will work more as a partnership with you. Um, Absolutely. Than, than, yeah. than Amazon. And I guess um, marketplaces, um, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, this all sounds great. You know, you've got all these different channels and you reeled off a few and the obvious ones are Amazon, Etsy, if it's sort of homemade type stuff. And uh, one you mentioned, um, Lemango, is that right? Uh, yeah, Lemango in Germany. Lemango and I also Germany. mentioned Mano Mano, which Mano, is a, yeah. a DIY marketplace. How many, I don't know if you know the answer, how many marketplaces are there out there for me to think about? It de There's both niche so product uh, category specific and generalist marketplaces, there isn't really an answer to how many there are because the, one of the things that's happened, especially since post, uh, post COVID, um, it was already a trend before COVID, but it's definitely become a thing now since 2020, many established e-commerce stores are now becoming marketplaces. Okay. So I mentioned products is what attracts buyers. And if you're, for example, um, a, a German, a, another German example is a, a business called Galleria. Uh, they're kind of the German version of like a House of Fraser. Yeah. And they had the, you know, a company like this or MediaMarkt, which is like the German version of, of Curry's. When they're thinking, how do we get more buyers? They think, well, we need to offer more products. We need to expand our expand our range, have more categories, have more products within the existing categories. Um, how do we do that quickly and, and effectively? Well, if we go and just buy a bunch more products, we've got a massive cash outlay. And realistically, we're just another seller offering the same products. So how do we differentiate? It's very hard for them to do that and very expensive. The easy way to do it is to open the doors to their established website that already gets traffic because it's a well-known brand. And in, you know, in, in Germany, MediaMarkt, it's the place to go for electronics, just like Curry's PC World. Um, they open the doors and they let other sellers advertise their products on there as well. And those sellers benefit from the captured audience that that now marketplace has. Um, the marketplace gets to see the, the traffic. They get to see which products are doing well, which categories are doing well. They get the customer information. Sure, they only get 15% on average of the sale. They, they keep their commission and the seller obviously keeps the, the proceeds of the sale mm -hmm. for the, or the majority of it. Um, but it's a very quick way for them to expand their product range. And so to answer your question, there's new marketplaces popping up all the time and there's technology now specifically developed to help make this transition seamless. Mm. So there's companies which exist yesterday, which are now suddenly a marketplace tomorrow. Um, and it means that there's forever more opportunities to be selling mm. on more marketplaces. That's a really interesting thought. I mean, I, I, I get as an e-commerce business owner, I would want to sell on other marketplaces and find other channels to sell at. Um, I get that it's not all sunshine and rainbows, that there are some pros and cons to doing yeah. this that I have to think through. But I'd never actually thought um, on one of my established business websites to become a marketplace itself. Mm -hmm. To say, right, actually, if you want to sell on our website, you can. These are our terms. We're going to take 15% off the top. 
um, you're going to fulfill it or whatever the specific ones of the marketplace are. That's a really interesting idea. And I can see why I, why, why you say since post-COVID, a lot of people have now started to look at this as a, as a real sort of possibility. Um, well, it's, it's who the, the, the idea is who, or who is it that's actually doing that? And it's, it's a lot of the established household names. It's the brick and mortar mm. um, businesses that have a, a well-known presence within a country or within a region um, that had to pivot to a more of an e-commerce model. Some of them were further along that process than others. Some of them are just pure play brands. Um, some of them are more traditional retailers, but either way they had to do something to mm. try and survive through, through the pandemic. Mm. And it's a step that a lot of them have taken and are doing quite well with. Yeah. And it's something that I think there is demand for as well, because, you know, we're in a, we're in a day and age when Amazon gets a lot of negative press and there are, there is a, a, a large number of the buying population who actively avoid buying on Amazon and they need somewhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, they do. And I, and you're right. I think, and there are more and more of these sort of niches sort of popping up online. So to take your example of, um, I mean, Etsy is an obvious platform where it's a niche, it's homemade. It's, it's a niche there where I would automatically think to go to if that's mm -hmm. the kind of product that I want more so than Amazon. I'm guessing. And I, I'm going to assume that if I'm in a various different niche, niche and I'm, I'm pretty keyed up in that area, I will know what those marketplaces are for that niche. And I'm going to be much more inclined as a customer, I'm guessing, to go and buy from those marketplaces because they're going to be much more tailored products. I'll get the community. The community will get me. The values mm -hmm. will be the same. Um, I, can see the, I can see the benefits of that. Um, okay, so... Uh, I quite like that that little rabbit trail there of uh, and as you as you were talking actually of companies setting up marketplaces um the uh, one example that came to mind is next here in the uk mm -hmm. um next have done it uh, and they sell an awful lot more on their website than they do in their stores now um yeah i mean being being q have just announced they're going to do it as well right okay um so there's it, it's really happening and i think um another another very relevant factor to <clears throat> to these companies which are building out marketplaces is as i said they their role is to now make it easy for people to start selling on these channels mm. um so even this this is probably less relevant for your listeners who are for small businesses but perhaps for some of the larger ones or, or businesses with larger inventories just because a marketplace has a niche doesn't necessarily mean that they intend to always have that niche case in point is if you go into b&q into a b&q store You've got products from the garden center to hardware to pets. Mm. You might think of B&Q as a hardware store, yeah. but they still sell products in other categories. Now, if you were to go to a marketplace and, or if you see a marketplace and you know that it's a good channel, but you think maybe it's not relevant for you, there's no reason that you as a seller can't reach out to the part, to the team at that marketplace specifically and just say, hey, look, I've got 150,000 SKUs in this category. Want to sell them? Yeah. If you can get a technical connection that works well between the two and it's, you know, you maybe do a little bit of investment in the beginning to get that, to get those listings live there. Yeah. Suddenly you're the only seller on that marketplace in that category. Mm. And you know that that marketplace gets traffic. And if somebody's going on there to buy a box of screws and sees a jumper with a, you know, guy with holding a hammer on it or something that's, you know, slightly relevant or even, mm. you know, you can be clutching at straws there, but it's, it's about having your product shown where your buyers are already looking. Yeah. That's really good. Well, Jesse, I have several questions now going through my head. Um, like, 
uh, well, how do I get started? How do I find these marketplaces and how do I make it work? So we're going to get into those questions right after we have heard from this week's show sponsors. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. So I'm back with Jesse. Uh, we're talking about marketplaces and channels. Jesse, I guess the, the big question for me, um, listening to you talk, and it's all very great, and, and, and my head is swimming with possibilities. Where do I start? How do I find these marketplaces? Because they're popping up all the time. What's the best way for me to do that? There's a lot of ways. Um, you, you can either reach out, if you know which marketplaces are there, you can always reach out directly to the marketplace. Most of them will have, and there's a good way of finding out if a website also offers a marketplace. If you, When you're looking on their website, hit control F to find and just type sell with or sell on. Yeah. And usually in the footer, there'll be some little bit hidden away that says sell with us or sell on our marketplace or yeah. partner with us. And you can just look there and, and then that will take you to a form where you can apply. Um, generally speaking, with these larger marketplaces or, or largest any channel which is either just transitioning to a marketplace or for marketplaces which have a little bit more clout, there is a bit more legwork involved in getting an account. Um, you know, oftentimes when you fill in that form on the website, you'll land in a queue somewhere and it might be six months until you hear back from them mm. because quite often what will happen for all the reasons that I've just explained, there are professional marketplace sellers who will apply for these ch uh, channels as soon as they possibly can. And it's often too much work for the marketplace or for the team behind this new marketplace to get on top of. Mm. And so you'll often have, you know, maybe a team of five to 50 people at this company responsible for onboarding new sellers. And for them, it's a new process. So there's often a lot of legwork involved trying to figure out how to do it. And so quite often new sellers will get dumped into a, into a pool. And I mean, there are marketplaces where I've seen people sitting there waiting to open an account for two years sometimes. Uh, so honestly, I mean, it, it, it sounds, uh, I don't want to plug ourselves too much, but this is an area where we then help people. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody has to take our services, but we can at least kind of make the introduction and often going via a virus service provider that already has an existing relationship with a marketplace if that service provider introduces you as a seller, it's a good way to kind of get a, a foot in the door and kind of differentiate yourself from other sellers. Fair enough. No, that's fair uh, enough. So there's, if I want to, obviously there's going to be marketplaces that I know about. There's then going to just be searching around that industry, that niche, trying to find who else is doing what, looking on people's websites, sell with us, look for that phrase or similar, um, sell through us, sell on us, uh, you know, the, those kind of things. Um, and then reaching out to them or using service, you know, platforms like yourself, uh, which can also help with that introduction. Just out of curiosity, your platform, that technical connection. Um, well, let me let me take a step back for I, I, I've gone too far down my rabbit trail in my thought. Um, let me just take, take a step back. 
So I've got, let's say, a list of 10, 15 marketplaces that I think I can work mm -hmm. with. Um, I, I, I get what you're saying in that I have now very quickly come up with a, a, a huge nightmare uh, possible, do you know what I mean? A, a sort of possible nightmare scenario, which says for every channel I want to promote my products on, I have to think about my products in the format that that channel wants those products put in. Yeah. And so you mentioned it earlier in our pre-call, you were talking about you take the color blue, for example, I sell a t-shirt in blue. Well, on my platform, it might be called blue, but on Amazon, I might have to call it royal blue. And on Etsy, I might have to call it navy blue. And on, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? There's, how, how do you even go about sort of working your way through that kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's like, it sounds good, but I, I now I've got a big admin, admin nightmare on my hands. And I know your software can help, but we'll, we'll come to your software in a sec. But what are some of the things I guess I need to think about? I think another factor just to throw into the mix is also the the language factor, because obviously whether it's dark blue, royal blue, navy blue, marine blue, you've also got the German, the French, the Italian, the Spanish versions of those words. Um, and, you know, it's going to be different between each marketplace and each each category and each subcategory. Uh, for example, on eBay in France, I think it's with men's shoes, you can use gray and with women's shoes, you have you can call them silver. Um, and so it, it's very hard to stay on top of and, and really the simplest way is to have some kind of product inventory management system mm -hmm. where per product you can have, um, you can have that kind of overview of how are we advertising this product? You know, how do we change it? What, what can we call it? Unfortunately with most PIM systems, what happens is you do end up with per SKU, if you imagine, for example, on, on Amazon, you know, in some categories you can provide up to 300 fields mm. per product of information. Uh, if you now are selling on multiple Amazons and in multiple countries and then multiple other marketplaces, it's, it's very quick or it's very easy to quickly end up with hundreds, if not thousands or tens of thousands of columns in your PIM system, uh, your product inventory management system, where you do then just have a, a massive data and it does become quite hard then to keep that overview. That's, that's something that we then try and solve, but really, uh, you can be quite clever with it with things like Excel sheets and lookup lists. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, right, I'm going to call it blue, but I know that Amazon wants royal blue. Um, you can do that with a lookup list. Mm -hmm. The problem then then comes in that these values that are different per channel, they also change quite often. We download nine gigabytes, on, on average, about nine gigabytes of changes every week from Amazon <laughs> alone. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's often the smallest thing. It's, wow. it's sometimes it's just them correcting a typo, but sometimes it's something like changing uh, the uh, a value from a capital R to a lowercase R or the other way around. And if you've got an old, old uh, value that says, you know, this T-shirt's retro uh, and it's written with a lowercase R and they now say it has to be retro with a, with a uppercase R, that value won't be accepted anymore. Uh, so you do have to then stay on top of these changes mm. as, as they happen. Well, uh, nine gigabytes of changes. Why am I not surprised? Now, uh, <laughs> but I like what you said there. I, I guess if you're just starting out if, and you're wanting to, to double in this, you can um, use something as simple as um, Excel or Google Sheets with the lookup function. And yes, and I, and I would really recommend to do it outside of the marketplace. No matter what system you use, um, you know, you don't have to pay for it. If you're not at the point in the business where you can afford an expensive any any kind of system you know even mm. like uh pim systems don't have to be expensive 
but you can use something free like Excel or Google Sheets, but just have your product data outside of the marketplace because, or outside of everything, even outside of Shopify, just have your own data somewhere because at some point you will need it. And it amazes me that I still regularly talk to sellers who have no access to their own titles, bullet points, descriptions, SKUs, EANs, prices. Um, they just don't have a central place for that. Mm. And so that would be my a big tip there. Yeah, it's a good tip actually. Uh, keeping your product data outside, and so you something like a Google Sheet, and then just pulling that data in from Google um, through to your website or wherever. Uh, yeah. And um, there is a command, isn't it? And as you're talking, I'm I'm going back in my head over my Excel programming days. There is a command called VLOOKUP or HLOOKUP, mm -hmm. which helps you figure these things out. Um, yeah. And so you can go to YouTube and just Google Excel lookup, and I think it works the same in Google Sheets. Um, yeah to sort of start to build your own mini PIM system. I like that PIM. So what does PIM stand for again? PIM stands for product inventory management. Um, there's, there's a lot of acronyms in, in e-commerce and especially when it comes to technology, because you also, you also can have um, ERP, enterprise resource planning, and you can have um, PIDs, product inventory data, uh, data service and, and, and um, TAM and um Oh, there's hundreds. There's there's so many of them. Uh, ETL is another good one. Extract, transform, load. Um, <laughs> You're just it, randomly making up words now. I, I think uh, people. I think that's what. I think that's what happens. Uh, I know we went through that phase with, as a when we started out as a company. We're like, what? What are we? Are we a PIM? Are we an ETL? Are we a PIM? Are we a, like, it's like, no. We're just gonna say we're e chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> it's much much more understandable. Uh, yeah. I've I've heard like you. I've heard people use so many different acronyms. Um, we've gone into clients' places and we've chatted. You know, whenever we've done the coaching or consulting, and they'll throw things out like PIM, ERP, CRM and all that sort of stuff. And I just, every time I have to stop them and go, can you please just clarify what you mean by that phrase? Because I know what yeah. I think it is, yeah. but I need to know what you think it is because I'm, I'm not convinced we'll necessarily see eye to eye on everything. So, um, and it's funny, uh, the amount of times people have gone, well, I don't actually know what it means. It's just the, the name we call this bit of software yeah. over here. And you're like, okay, right. That's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, if there's anything else that we do on the e-commerce podcast is we do like to define acronyms uh, because it, I think it's super helpful. So we've got our PIM. You can create one in Google Sheets. You can go out and you can get um, some system uh, out there on the market. What, I guess, how do I know, right, that um, that going into a different channel or marketplace is right for me as a, as a business? That's a... That's a big question. Um, realistically, if you want to succeed on marketplaces in general, there's a few ducks that you need to have in a row before you can do so. Once those ducks are in a row, you can sell on any marketplace. And that's, that is, that's, I think the more important question is how is, can I get those ducks in a row? Because realistically what you should be looking to do with a marketplace business is to build processes that allow you to put your to test the waters in these new channels because one of the benefits one of the great things about marketplaces is they're quick and easy to get to start selling on you know if you if yeah. you're thinking about expanding internationally before you go and set up a local business entity and local fulfillment of your own and you know deal with everything that's involved with setting up a new country overseas you can instead just look for a marketplace that's in that country and already has a captive audience and just see how your products perform there mm. And, um, by doing so you can, you can very quickly, it's, it's like 
it's almost like a form of A-B testing. Um, you know, you can see if, if your products perform well in that in that locale. And if they do, then you can take the step of potentially expanding there internationally sure. properly. Um, to figure out if a marketplace is going to be right for you, realistically, I would say that most marketplaces are right for most businesses in as long as there's not a really obvious contrast. Mm. You know, you don't try and sell homeware products. I don't try and sell hardware products on that homeware store, uh, the mm. one catered for, for babies and, and um, you know, families. You're not going to, they're probably not interested in buying a box of screws. <laughs> Um, but very true. Yeah. The, at the same time, your processes should allow you to very quickly add new channels. And, and what I mean by that is for a business that's already selling on, on Amazon and there are businesses that are very successful on Amazon and sell exclusively on Amazon, they often discount other marketplaces because they're looking at it through the lens of Amazon. How, mm. you know, I sell a hundred grand a month on Amazon. I know that on eBay, I'm only going to send, sell five grand a month or 10 grand a month. That doesn't mean that eBay is not worth it. It doesn't mean that eBay is not worth only worth 10% of your time. What it means is that you should be looking for 10 other channels where you can also generate 10 grand a month mm. and, and manage those with the same amount of effort and distribute your effort evenly across all of your channels. And then Amazon is suddenly only 50% of your business and not a hundred percent of your business. Yeah, that's um, very wise. Yeah. Very, very wise. So what are these ducks? What are the ducks that I need to have in a row? Mm, they are mainly surrounded by, uh, I would say logistics is a big one. Mm -hmm. Making sure that, uh, that there's different options for logistics. You can look at Amazon's FBA. I don't personally rate it that highly. It's good if you're just on Amazon. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you want to sell on other channels, it causes issues because... Most other marketplaces don't want their buyers receiving boxes with Amazon branding on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, which uh, is fair enough. Amazon in the in America, they do offer plain box um, fulfillment, but even then, Amazon's more channel fulfillment solution isn't super cheap. You know, there's mm. cheaper, there's better options for three PLs um, for third party logistics um, solutions if you don't want to do it yourself or if you're not capable of doing it yourself. I think there's both ends of the spectrum. Smaller sellers often don't have the capital or the, or the know-how or the resources in general to be able to have a good logistics solution. And very large sellers, especially people, uh, companies which have traditionally focused on B2B, they often can't handle B2C. You know, they're mm -hmm. used to selling maybe 50,000 pounds worth of stock in one go to one buyer and they'll send 10 pallets to that mm. retail store. Um, so there's, that problem exists on both ends of the scale. But if you can find a good 3PL solution, uh, in the and UK, again, just define three PL. Uh, Third-party logistics. So, for example, in the UK, um, GFS is a very good one, um, very well, ex very experienced in dealing with marketplaces. And the idea there is that you just say, "Hey, let's throw, you know, a bunch of, we'll throw X pallets, we'll store them there, we'll pay a small fee for storing the products, we'll pay them a small fee per product that they send to yeah. the buyer." But then you know that that buyer will reliably get the product, say next day or, or within a set time period that you can tell the marketplace, and this is the this is where it becomes really important for marketplaces, is you have to say to the marketplace, I need, when an order comes in, I need this much time to process the order and this many days to get the order from my warehouse to the end customer. And as long as you stick to that, you'll be fine. Obviously, with you know, this day, in this day and age, people like to have next day delivery. They kind of expect it. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as you're able to say, yep, it's going to take two to three days, as long as it arrives within three days, you're fine. 
if it arrives on the fourth day, either you will receive negative feedback yeah. or, or the marketplace will just suspend you or, you know, if it happens too, too frequently. Um, okay. So deck number one is logistics um, and, and having a good solution for that. Uh, what, what else would I need to think about? Um, technology, having, having, a, having a process in place, whether it's a Google sheet or something more we talked a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, having that in place and having a way to efficiently create listings on all the marketplaces and also including your own Shopify or, or Magento or whatever in that mm -hmm. process. Um, and, and I think whether or not you include it, um, from my perspective, product content is one of the most important things. Okay. Well, what, what do you mean by that? Um, it can mean anything. So whether it, whether it's debate, whether it's the argument of blue or Royal blue or Navy blue or dark blue, mm -hmm. or whether it's a title, how you structure a title is very, is very different on different marketplaces. So again, you can do this in Excel with uh, concatenate cells, mm. but you would want to really, what you should aim to do is to have your product in, in this PIM system that you build yourself or, or, or use an existing one. You should try and keep your data as granular as possible so that you can reuse it in different ways because every marketplace has very different rules about how, how a listing should look. Otto in Germany, for example, you don't create a title. You send them different attribute values like material, color, size, um, item weight, brand, and they will, depending on the category the product is listed in, they will create a title with a different structure. Okay. And some marketplaces, they don't allow you to include the brand name in the title because they will have the brand listed directly above the title. Mm -hmm. So they don't want it to say Nike, Nike men's shoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so by having the product, by getting the product content right, you not only make sure that the marketplace algorithm will work for you, but you also ensure that you can very quickly add as many attribute values or item specifics to your listings. And what mm. that means is that when buyers start applying filters, your product stays in the ranking. Mm. Uh, so, if, you know, for example, if, if you've got uh, a buyer that's looking for a pair of waterproof trousers and you don't have the item specific filled in that these trousers are waterproof, you will fall out of that search. Yeah. So there's a lot of, and this is, I guess, where duck number two about technology is going to be really helpful because technology is going to help me get this content right. But just understanding that actually one of the, you've got to have the ability to create the right content for the marketplace that you're on. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to, that can be made easy by technology, but fundamentally it still needs to be done, right? Um, is there anything else that I need to think about? There's, there's a few, I can, I can, I can list them off very quickly and then we can go into some details on them. Um, sure. I, I would also say that advertising is important as yeah. is customer service, scalability and, uh, and having access to expertise. So advertising, um, I, I, I get, but in effect, this is setting aside budget to advertise on that market space, right? That marketplace. Is that what you're meaning there? Yes and no. So to an extent, absolutely. So every, every marketplace or most marketplaces have some form of PPC um, where you can pay for certain keywords and get ranked based on that. But there's also a lot of organic work that needs to happen there. Um, there there's organic uh, sorry, there is a, a real benefit as well to what I mm. just, this is where it kind of overlaps a little bit with the content. Yeah. Um, but specifically with marketplaces, every marketplace has, or many marketplaces have their own 
advertising options. Now with Amazon, we have things like A plus content, which is, mm-hmm. it is generally restricted to brands. Um, but other channels will also allow you to do things like flash sales where they will, as I said before, you know, they'll partner with you and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll help you figure out, okay, how are we going to sell more of your products on this marketplace? You know, you, you're selling products where, you know, your peak season is, isn't Christmas like everyone else or like, like a lot of sellers, but it's in February. So how about mm-hmm. we do a, we do a flash sale in September to help you try and get a second peak. Yeah. Um, and you can, you know, drastically reduce your products or pricing then, uh, and they will help advertise it. And depending on the size of the marketplace, it might be that, you know, they throw it in with national TV campaigns and stuff. So it can often be really good opportunities to take care of and, or to take advantage of beyond sort of the, the standard. And that's where it yeah. really helps to kind of communicate with the marketplace you're selling on to figure out what advertising options exist on this channel specifically. Yeah, that you, yeah, and, and I can take advantage of those. And, and, and okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, access to expertise. What do you mean by that? Regardless of how good your systems and processes are, I think it's still important to have at least one person within a company who understands the general concept of how marketplaces work. Um, the the problem at the moment for a lot of businesses is now that marketplaces are booming, it's pretty much impossible to hire anyone who understands Amazon or, or marketplaces in general. Um, well, sorry, it's specifically Amazon. Amazon mm-hmm. account managers are usually either being snapped up by big brands or by agencies. And, and for, uh, you know, I, I talk with a lot of retailers who have lost good employees and often the only employee who knew how Amazon worked. Um, but the thing with marketplaces is if you know how Amazon works, that doesn't help you at all for selling on eBay because they're completely different marketplaces. However, the expertise that you have from selling on one marketplace does let you understand in general how marketplaces work. And there's a lot of nuances to selling on marketplaces that have to come into the equation. And it doesn't, and whether, whether you have that in-house or whether you have a, a service provider at your side that can kind of consult with you, and not necessarily do the work, but at least just kind of bounce ideas around and say, okay, in general, we're going in this direction. How do market, how does this, how can we factor marketplaces into this idea? It's just yeah. an important thing to have on, on the side of your business as well. Very, very wise words, very wise words. And, and, and Jesse, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm aware of time <laughs> yep. and I, I feel like it's I, every week I, I, I talk to fabulous people and I just go, oh, I wish I had a little bit more time. Um, uh, speaking of expertise and how people can get hold of uh, experts, how do people connect with you? How do they how do they reach out to you? Um, the best way to get hold of me is generally either via LinkedIn or directly through our website. Um, so on on LinkedIn, it's uh, just Jesse Rag. I hope that you'll put the spelling of that in the show notes. But it's, uh, <laughs> we'll put the whole link in the show notes. To be fair, Jesse, fantastic. <laughs> yep. Um, or or ecomelian um, So that's ecom as in e-commerce and chameleon, uh, because we adapt, so you don't have to. <laughs> oh, I like it. I see what you did there. Very clever play on words. How long did it take to come up with the name ecomelian? Uh, the better question is, how many beers did it take? yeah uh how many beers did it say absolutely um and actually i would have been able to help with that because my german extends to being able to uh order beer so uh you know (laughs) i'd have have been there with you um 
listen, Jesse, thank you so much for sharing your valuable time and expertise. And uh, like Jesse said, we will put a note to him on link, uh, his LinkedIn and to eChameleon in the show notes, uh, which you can download on the site uh, on ecommercepodcast.net. Uh, do reach out to Jesse. Uh, especially if you're interested in this whole marketplace thing, check out eChameleon. Um, it's fair to say it's a um, you're in a space which I I'm, I I may be talking slightly out of my my area of full expertise here, Jesse. But I've come across platforms, or the platform which springs out to mind, the Channel Advisor of this world. Um, for those people that have used Channel Advisor in the past, um, they should definitely definitely check out you guys, right? I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, when eChameleon started out at an agency where we where we would help channel, I mean, not only channel advisor, but we used to help um, users of similar products to sell on marketplaces. And eChameleon was really born out of the fact that, as I said, it doesn't matter how good the technical connection is because these are great products. You know, channel advisor has been mm. on the market for twenty years. Um, there's a lot of expertise in that product. However, it, the technology is only one part of it. You also have to have specifically the product content has to you have to have an easy way of managing product content you can't always rely on having somebody who understands amazon working inside your business and mm. the part of the idea behind eChameleon is that you can put the expertise into the processes so that you can build these good systems and so that your team can actually use it regardless of if it's you know just a german a guy that you have in your company that speaks german he should be able to create listings for german marketplaces without having to understand how each one of them works yeah um, no, very yeah. good very good. So do check out ecameleon.com if you are uh, either shipping to uh, various marketplaces or whether you are thinking about doing so. Check that service out. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. So there you have it. What a great conversation that was. Huge thanks to Jesse for joining me today. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant conversation. Genuinely, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget to check out our complete back catalogue online. Just head on over to the e-commerce podcast. Why well, it's not the e-commerce podcast.net. Maybe I should buy that domain. It's just e-commercepodcast.net. Just head on over to the website, ecommercepodcast.net. Uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from because we have some great conversations lined up and we don't well I just don't want you to miss any of them especially if you're in e-commerce you're gonna love them and in case no one has told you today you my friend are awesome